Who will die first in the metaverse? Oh, wow. I think kids that... Um, will we give birth in the metaverse? He's going, he's going with the song. Will we give birth in the metaverse? That's what I want to know. The Radium Podcast, episode 104. We're back, back in action, and uh, we got some fun stuff to talk about today. Uh, the first question I got for you, Will, <laughs> is Who will die first in the metaverse? Oh, wow. I think kids that. Um, will we give birth in the metaverse? He's going, he's going with the song. Will we give birth in the metaverse? That's what I want to know. With their girth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how will how will we get girth in the metaverse oh I, what's I, gonna happen man it's gonna be worth <laughs> it's it. gonna be worth <laughs> the metaverse is gonna be worth the girth worth it <laughs> i don't know man i just i'm just here with my stolen mug <laughs> stolen mug dude you stole that shit copy man. copyright by will martin shit so you know guys what this is all about right now is a big shift in technology right like I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I'm noticing everywhere, hmm. right? Like um, iPhone 13 just came out, but now I feel like I t iPhone 14 is going to come out like any day now. Yeah. Is that weird? It's not weird, man. I think technology is just like going over our heads so fast that yeah. no one's it's, it's able to keep up anymore. Yeah. Um, by the time they're trying to follow a trend, it's because already passed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, I'm getting to crypto. Like, dude, like... Like, crypto is so old, man. Yeah, like... Like, now we're on to the metaverse. Metaverse, bro. dude. <laughs> <laughs> NFTs, that's like so last are, summer. Are you into, into crypto? No, I don't, I don't know enough about it. Yeah. It's, it's like one of those things, man. Like, people want to jump on everything because right. it's new. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. just don't... I don't think... I don't think like that, you know. Yeah, I think I think specifically the crypto market. I just have some friends that introduced me to it, mm -hmm. and um, I think we're pretty new into it. So it's I think it's still time to jump in it. But um, I think you have to be really intentional about how yeah. and what do you want to do there. You know, Facts. if you're training as a um, way to get rich fast, it's not a good idea at all. No. But if it's something that you're really interested in, uh, if you think the future of money is there or the future of financing is there, um, I think it's pretty interesting to just look it up, you know? Uh, and I think the future of music is going to be around that um, area, you know, around that universe of cryptocurrencies, NFTs, the metaverse. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and uh, yeah. Cryptocurrency, it's uh, it's it's something more than uh, I thought. It's interesting. I think like Bitcoin and trading coins and you know basically playing money exchange with cryptocurrency. Yeah, people I think are gambling. Like, well, I really that. think that that's like the bonehead structure of what this is. Yeah, I think people don't they don't really fully realize what crypto is or blockchain, yeah. right? So really more blockchain. The The whole technology of being able to make a one of one, yeah, right? And blockchain it in and have it through such a sophisticated algorithm that can't be just like hacked or copied, you know, and, and it's tracked through digital blockchain right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i don't think people understand how important that part of it is yeah and playing like with bitcoin and shibu and all this all this like coin stuff that's sort of like the 
that's like the barbaric archaic yeah. form of yeah. what of what cryptocurrency and, Absolutely. and and what blockchain really is right Absolutely. so so now we're getting into this whole metaverse thing right yeah which i think is funny because let's be real like y'all been living in your own metaverse for fucking years yeah now. like you live in your phone if you look at your phone and like how much time you spend on your phone oh, you how realize, many pickup pickups dude Dude. Just realize, like, that you spend the majority of your day on your phone. The other day I was checking, I I, I picked it up, my phone, 200 times in in eight hours. See, that's just a, that's just a, it's like a compulsory thing. It's you know? crazy, Like, dude. you're like, oh, I gotta Fucking do, oh, I don't know why I'm doing this. Times. Yeah, so, I think, like, the big thing about this whole blockchain, NFT, metaverse sort of thing it's it's like beyond what people can really imagine right now yeah because it's not there like the technology is not there let's face it like the vr uh the technology for like going into a space like that it's just really not that advanced unless you got a shit ton of money yeah even even mark zuckerberg when he introduced the metaverse right now he said like this is in progress it's not he's not introducing something that's done it's hey guys we're working on this Mm. it's a work in progress so Mm. but we're we're doing it so hold on it's more of a um i think what he did is just a way of introducing the idea little by little to people you know um so people get more used to it and start basically planning their their next step on you know what it's going to be the trend or what's going to be the future of this huge market that is you really can't you can't try to you can't try to figure it out yeah exactly you're not going to be able to figure out a metaverse you're not going to be able to figure out all the possibilities with nfts blockchain yeah uh currencies all that stuff people right now are just like jumping on things to sort of short the market right yeah like you saw even they had like squid coin you know the yeah. squid game shit yeah i saw that everything's going to be based on trends up front that's just how it works that's how any new technology works it was a fucking scam the squid coin it's absolutely that's all this crazy all this shit scammy though. that's crazy like that's the whole idea but what i really am more interested in with this whole technology shift is the the idea of where the music industry can go. Hmm. And not only that, like I'm more fascinated by the artists that they already have that are based on AI and machine learning. Yeah. Right. And how important it is that to understand that shift from like, you're spending all your time and all your energy and all your days making beats on your computer Mm -hmm. when really you could be just wasting your life right now. Yeah. Like you have to think completely different and you have to think about how you can get together with AI, machine learning, people that like know this stuff and developers and even try to learn a little bit of the language yourself and start thinking about it like when computers first started taking over music production. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we first got introduced to Pro Tools. Right. You have to understand at that time how fast technology was moving was not that fast. So it was like, oh, Pro Tools, we called it slow tools, right? Everyone was like, oh, Pro Tools sucked because it would take so long and you hit render and then you have to wait and you have to wait. And it's like, remember, that took years and years and years to yeah, get fast. Yeah. Decades to How get fast. How many updates? Bro, now we're at a time where exponential growth of technology and speed. If you if you know anything about Moore's Law or the Kurzweil Kurz, theory, yeah. you know any of this stuff is like exponential, right? So when we first got Pro Tools, we were like here, and it was just like creeping along with technology. Mm-hmm. Now it's like you're gonna get the metaverse 
it like we're we're at this this threshold right. where you start going like this and you start the x goes like you start hitting that x point right 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 and the x point means that basically what you're doing with technology and what your understanding is like your mm-hmm. skill sets mm-hmm. there's going to hit a threshold there where the right. technology is going to surpass way past what you can learn and do as a human right right so now you have to rely on non-human factors you have to rely on machine learning ai technology yeah you have to rely on the programming and the computer chips and the and the binary codes going so fast on these little tiny pieces of silicone yeah that it's processing data and learning itself into artistry so you making beats is like could be in two years and i'm serious like that fast could be a complete waste of time (laughs) you like got really good at making beats and in two years you're obsolete because machine learning because there's already producers and computer programs in the metaverse making beats just like shitting them out like they don't need any input from you they don't need loop makers they literally have everything they've learned everything through the internet and through machine learning and through all the music and records of all time Right. So now we're getting to that threshold where it's really that's that's really What is your what is your speculation on which skills people should invest their time on to safe secure their future, you know? Right. If you're in music, if they're in any creative space, uh, because what seems that machine learning AI and we cannot surpass the speed of processing on that um on that level. So what what would what would be your speculation around that? The the same thing that's always going to make you human, right? Which is taste making. Hmm. It's understand tastes. It's understanding what's cool and what's not cool. What's a vibe and what's not a vibe. But even that could be put into an algorithm. Yeah, sure, but you know? sure, but then like humans always have to translate that through emotion. And we're we're far away from I get like what you're saying. Yeah, okay, but you could calculate the everything. What the is emotion. the cool factor, you know? Right, like right. if if they calculate it like a, a million songs and create mm-hmm. a cool factor, there you go, you know. Yeah, but you you have to think like the metaverse and the whole idea of this new world where people can connect you know, virtually basically, mm-hmm. right? It's a virtual world. Yeah. It, if you start to get a majority of the world or even like a billion people, right? Which is, would be like a certain percentage, right? A seventh, mm-hmm. an eighth of the world mm-hmm. on the metaverse. And they're all deciding to get in there and group together and go, you know, to shows together and and NFTs and blockchain their music and have mm-hmm. their music playing in different rooms of the universe, metaverse, mm-hmm. and uh, nightclubs and cities and all this stuff. You have to understand that that's going to be more niched out than anything has ever been niched out, right? Mm-hmm. So the only way things become really, really big and popular and... Um, and uh, exponential, right? Like the growth there is always going to be through economic value, right? Like, can you promote enough? Can Mm. you convince the population that it's really popular, right? So what ends up happening is you have to get ahead of the, um, the, 
the gatekeepers, right? Like the the Facebooks and like the that's why it's scary that you have Mark Zuckerberg talking about a metaverse and like how he's going to be a part of putting this thing together, because right away you understand that when NFTs came out, people were like, now the people are going to run the music industry and no labels will be needed. Like, bro, you guys are completely high out of your minds. <laughs> you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And you're not paying attention if you really truly believe that NFTs are going to come and just crush the record labels in the industry. No, 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 no. Hold on. These people have more money and power than you do always, Right. So they will always be able to capitalize on that, spend marketing dollars, develop their own AI, machine learning, on twos, artists. On, on coins. <laughs> and, and bring in what's popular and what's cool by finding the right tastemakers and the right people that understand psychology. It's very, very basic, right? If you have the money, you can afford to build the AIs and the cool uh, AI artists, right? Right, right. The cool AI productions, the right. cool shows that all the cool kids want to go to in yeah. the metaverse, right? Yeah. So otherwise, you have to get really niched out. So I think that that's kind of how it's going to work in the metaverse, just like it does in the real world, right? People want to go to the desert and they want to go to the big shows and they mm -hmm. want to spend the money to be seen. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the metaverse. But then I think that it does open up probably at the beginning, but not not towards the middle or the end of when we start to expand and this starts to develop. Right. Just like social media. When you put out Instagram, the reach is organic, everything's open, and then it slowly becomes, you have to pay for, you have to pay, you have to pay, you have to pay, you have to, I can't afford this, I'm not getting any reach, and now only 3% of my following sees right. any of my shit. Is it worth it? I don't know, they leave, right? I think just watching all the those fucking movies, Ready Player One, Blade Runner, all those movies that mess with some sort of metaverse mm -hmm. i think the fun if if the metaverse would be here like would be here today i think the fun part for me would be to be included in in, in sort of a hybrid world Mm -hmm. I don't think like I would be comfortable in a totally immersed digital world. No, because you I have think, a physical body. Yeah, exactly. Like it I would, I, I want to see like us playing poker with ARs. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. AR technology here. And be in be the same super, room. Like yeah. be able to go to Brazil or go I mean? to a mountain in Brazil yeah. and their information on the mountain on your yeah. a you know on yeah. your. Oculus or whatever, that would be dope. If that happens, I'm down. Sign me yeah. in. <laughs> and cool. and I think that in music, it'll be super dope too. Like yeah, go to watching, the studio. Yeah, or or you're watching a concert and the music video of that that song is playing on the back while yeah. you're watching the artist live there. That would be super dope. I mean, we're just speculating here, but they probably already thought about like a thousand possibilities with that, right? Well, they're uh, they're already doing it with uh, with. Um, immerse audio and stuff right yeah so yeah it's already been in the works with like being able to like here's what i think is really exciting about it right like i say oh dude i'm in hollywood and someone else says dude i live in columbia right and they're like well i want to make a record with you okay cool let's jump in the metaverse and just let's go to this studio let's just build a studio i actually built a metaverse studio and it's like a million dollar metaverse you know bitcoin studio because i had all this bitcoin so i i put it into a studio building and i had these oh analog gear UAD. I had all, exactly <laughs> i had these designers i had the best engineers yeah be cool. like make these plugins and things that like are going to give us everything we need right yeah so you have like an immerse dolby atmos setup with like your favorite speakers 
they already do it with the Slate Digital VSX headphones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can go into the you studio. Have, you have your own skins and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So you can go <laughs> in and you can be like, yo, I'm going to wear my chains, you know what I mean? <laughs> but everything's going to cost money. Like, people yeah. have to understand that because yeah. who's going to design these, these chains For in sure. the virtual world, right? So everything's going to be costing you Bitcoin, NFTs. You're going to do trades. You're going to do all this stuff. But then you get to go to a really dope studio outside of like Colombia or in yeah. the hills of Colombia, right? Yeah. And you like get a be in the studio session where you have the immersive audio where it's like, you know, if you turn to the to the to the left, you're going to hear it like the speakers are here. Mm-hmm. And like just how it works, right? And as you walk out of the room, it's going to feel like the audio is getting filtered and then you're going to walk back in and you'll be in the sweet spot of the audio and the speakers and you'll be able to sit there at the laptop you know and actually like you know produce on the computer yeah i think like all that shit is going to happen and that shit's going to be the exciting part yeah no i agree but i don't think that um it's going to ever replace like real life yeah like come on dude like we have to eat we have to sleep we have to we have to feel like chemical um besides chemical stimulations with like hearing and seeing and stuff we have to feel it through what we eat and what we ingest like you're not going to have like an nft fucking magic mushroom you know, mm-hmm. you can't smoke an NFT blunt. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, you can you can be at your house smoking a blunt and be in this real real uh, like weird world that's you know fabricated. But dude, it's going to take a lot of computing power yeah. to get to the point where we can really like you know change the chemical makeup in our brains. Yeah, like truly. Well, maybe the Neuralink. <laughs> yeah, well, that, right. you know, like everything. So all these guys got to come together and like, yeah. make hey the, guys, let's yeah. do a f- party, you know, yeah. with NFT, NFTs, Neuralinks, and Metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's talk about NFTs. Um, you know, it's been what like five, six months since they released the whole NFT thing. Um, and since then, as you said, people thought, oh, this is the revolution of the music industry. Now yeah. we have the power. And what I've saw is every everybody that I ask, like, hey, did you make an NFT? And are you selling or whatever? They know, I don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what do you mean? Like, you, you, you've learned so many things, but you can just learn how to put out an NFT. So people are like kind of very, you know, uh, kind of conservative still around the idea of yeah. creating NFTs and, and selling their own art forever and why not you know like I think that the big leagues artists they are doing it like mm-hmm. Tory Lanez just like sold a million copies of his record in a second something right. like that yeah. through all uh, NFTs I think that the people who are in real in the industry they're doing it already uh, but I don't see independent artists jumping into it what do you think about it okay so that's that's exactly what I think about it right yeah. it's like you don't all of a sudden change your popularity and your music business because a new technology comes mm-hmm. around Oh, you! I got UAD plugins, and now I got a platinum record. Remember just the way it works. Remember people like jumping in clubhouses, rooms, yeah, trying yeah. to network with yeah. everyone. Like, dude, dude, I'm gonna get a deal because I got on Clubhouse. Like, yeah, like you know, these guys. There's a lot more to it, right? Yeah. So, number one, uh, NFTs are never going to replace real marketing tactics. Yeah. Um, real great music and product. Real ability to entertain real ability to you know be an artist 
right? Or producer or composer or, you know, music film director, whatever the fuck. Like, you can't just say like, oh, I have my music only on NFTs now. And it's like, well, but you don't have a fan base in the first place. Yeah, you so, don't have an audience. Yeah, so all. who the hell's gonna invest in your NFT? Yeah. And now I wanna like, like really put that, break that down a little bit. So the NFT is basically a way of saying, hey, we have this thing, it's a one of one, uh, this song, it's a one of one, and you can be invested in this song. So if you put money into the song, you can own a part of the song rather than the record label signing you and owning the master copyright and then 50% of the publishing or even more, right? Now you own 100%, but then you turn it to an NFT and say you start asking people to buy your NFT. Every time a purchaser buys your NFT, which you could set it at a dollar, you could set it at a hundred dollars, you could set it at a thousand dollars. And typically it's gonna be through cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like- Ethereum. Yeah, Ethereum. Polygon. Or like, yeah, you can, you can pick your crypto, whatever you wanna charge for it. Yep. Um, and you can do it through trading sites and stuff, right? It's very, very basic. But the the most fundamental part of this is that when people buy your NFT, your song, it's a one of one, it's authentic. It can't be replicated, duplicated, et cetera, because it's like tracked through the internet, right? Through an, through an actual blockchain code. So it's very, very secure, right? Yeah. Now this is like disruptive, I think probably more than Napster was disruptive to the music industry. And the reason being is because now you have a way of basically crowdfunding and fan funding, but it's not just crowdfunding and fan funding. It's literally going out and finding people that can invest with you. Yeah. So you can buy my song and you can own 20% of my song. I can yeah. own 80% of my song and that song and that NFT can go out and every time I play and every time I do this in the metaverse and I use yeah. it and exchange it, you get paid out in cryptocurrency, right? Right. Now, when that turns into like cryptocurrency is accepted worldwide and it's just like, you know, having cash in your pocket or an American Express, then we're talking about real disruption. Yeah. But that's not to say, and this is the part that always fucks me up, and I don't know why it's never even, it's never even mentioned in these conversations. Hmm. Why do we think that labels can't do that? Like, yeah. why do we think that labels can't just like- Jump into it. Jump and in and buy ownership in a bunch of songs and NFTs? They like, will. What <laughs> What makes us so fucking high and, and just mentally not able to connect the dots that like, Oh, I'm just going to have my NFTs and I'm just going to sell them and I'm going to own everything and then my fans will own it. It's like, dude, you have five fans. Yeah. And most of my fans even won't even fucking buy my music right now. Why are they going to buy it when it's in an NFT? They don't even have a, a, a coin. They don't wallet. even have a coin way to buy NFT. Yeah. You know what I mean? So come on. And, and now we're expecting people to go, hold on, you're my fan, right? So what I want you to do is go learn about NFTs, mm -hmm. go sign up with Coinbase, go <laughs> yeah. go buy into cryptocurrency, and then give me your cryptocurrency so you can have an ownership in my NFT. Dude, <laughs> the majority of your fans are never going to do By that. By the way, even if They you, won't even go stream your no, song on Spotify. Exactly. They wouldn't for free. pre-save pre your fucking song <laughs> so for free. Sad. Exactly. Right. Um, one part of the equation that you're sad is the traffic. Who owns the fucking traffic? You know? Yeah, exactly. All the social media is all, all traffic, the, the yeah. big ass company. So yeah. you think they're not going to jump into it? Like, it's just Facts. a matter of when. It's not even yeah. if, you know? Um, so yeah, I think people are really 
delusional about it. Um, yeah, the technology does not replace the marketing technology. No, nothing. It doesn't replace anything else. Like, yep. I think people like give this way too much power. They're yeah. like, this is a game changer. It's like, is it? Is it really? Like, do you think because you made an NFT out of your music or your art or your digital art or whatever, and like right now, for some reason, someone gave you $1,000 for it? Like, <laughs> You know, it's just like one-off shit that people love to brag about on the internet. But the truth is we're like so far from convincing people to take their hard-earned cash that they work 50, 60, 80 hours a week to get to then turn it into this digital thing and then, you know, just trust the system and then buy my music and invest your hard-earned money that you turned into digital cryptocurrency to then invest in my song yeah, and think that it's going to be worth something. It's like... You still have to go through the process of selling and marketing and branding. Building and a fucking audience. Everything that goes into doing music right now. Why Why do people get so, they get such a hard on for this idea of NFT and like, oh, see, now the music is in the fans' hands. It's like, is it? <laughs> like, how does a record label can't like go out and just buy catalogs of stuff off of NFT and then and then sell it to you? Like, what's, what's the difference? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now people are, they have this idealistic it's yeah. very idealistic thinking that like because we came out with a new technology everything's going to change people are going to change humans <laughs> are going to change their behavior completely because we have a new blockchain technology it's absolutely ridiculous yeah go read that book uh, 22 immutable laws of marketing and you're going <laughs> to it's it, it never changed it never it changed change. it still it, hasn't changed I have, I have I read that on college in 2014 no, 2014. Hundreds of years, dude. Graduated. Like, like, it's probably 2011 when I first read It Never Changed. Facts. It never changed. So, yeah. So, I think, I think that the way that this is really going to affect the industry is I do think that the, the artists that are at the threshold, right? Mm-hmm. The artists that were like, man, I'm at a threshold. I've been shopping for deals. Uh, I got projects out. I got uh, RCA hitting me up. I got, you know... Capital Records hitting me up and they want to make a deal and they want to do this deal and I've been negotiating. Mm-hmm. Now those artists are in a much better position. Right? Yeah. Because now they can say, I actually have real fans. Mm-hmm. Right. So my real fans, I can easily go, I'm going to NFT my stuff or a project or two or yeah. a single or two or, you know, a live performance or two, etc. And I can go and make just enough money to not ever have to sign a deal with the label. Exactly. I think, yeah, that's so the freedom. that's where you go. Okay. Exactly. That's where artists that are real artists, not even real artists, but that they, they have some audience they can get free from. So that right there. From every contract. That is the answer to the actual industry starting to change. Yeah. I because agree. disruption forces change. Okay. Yeah. So that goes back to Napster. Right? Mm-hmm. Now the industry, the music industry has a responsibility. And I'm talking to you fucking labels out there. <laughs> you guys out there with millions of dollars and big catalogs, with billions of dollars in catalogs, you have an opportunity right now to not do what you did when you fucked up when Napster hit. That's it. Yeah. You can either move fast and you can figure it out right now, or you can decide, no, we're just going to do what we've always done and let this, you know, let Napster take over the industry and people stop buying CDs, right? Yeah. And then that happened in the labels and everyone was like, oh, that's stupid, sucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let's not do anything about it because the music industry is still young, but it's it's a slow moving old man, right? Yeah. And it's funny because like now we're at a point where 
you have another you have another chance. You have an opportunity here to look at what's coming, look at the NFT market, look at the independent artists, the people that could easily disrupt everything, take all your advance money and all your hmm. bullshit that you've been giving and your payments that you give completely late and you don't care about half the artists, <laughs> 80% of the artists. What? I'm just speaking the truth. This is the truth, right? And I've worked with these big labels. So fuck you guys, seriously. But at the end of the day, you have to decide whether you're going to keep fucking people over and you're going to play that game where they're just going to destroy you. NFTs will destroy you. Blockchains will destroy you. And this whole metaverse and everything else will destroy you. And you'll have to rebuild a business platform and figure out what you got to do, which sucks for the A&Rs and all the people that work yeah. so hard in those labels. Yeah, the, the thing is going to happen if they do that, if they get late to the game, is just they're going to have to invest 10 times more than if they just and they have to lay it. off all these people exactly. just like they did with Napster yeah dude. exactly they had to put all these awesome A&R and all these people that work so hard yeah to build repertoires and build up artists and artists develop and all this shit yeah which they're not doing anyway right now so who no. gives a shit right but like they're gonna have to do all that and they're gonna have to lay all those people off that work their ass off to get there yeah the people that had to shake hands, that had to go to all the fucking things and go, man, I'm working my way up the music industry and then it's just gonna go. Yep. It's just like, dude, it's like the big snap when Facebook ads changes or Google ads changes. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing with the music industry. Yep. And with all digital art, don't get it wrong. I'm not saying it's just music. Yeah. It's digital art everywhere. It's yep. motion graphics. It's, you know, you're making films, right? Oh, I'm making films. I need this great, you know, uh, sound effects and, and uh, visual effects team and stuff. No, you don't. Now you got everybody in that game and they're selling that shit, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, okay, here, you want this new preset and this thing that I just built out, this world that you mm -hmm. can build a whole film around? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Okay, well, it'll be this much in Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's opening up a thing for the digital world, like where you have yeah. digital effects and digital music and you have digital licensing and it's just, it's gonna, that's what's gonna be disrupted completely. Yeah, I think all the talent from entertainment and arts industry they're gonna be more independently represented yeah so they're gonna come exactly as you said great effects artists great colorists great musicians great composers they're gonna have their own um way to sell them themselves and yep. people are gonna look for them like okay how do i find this visual artist oh he just works for warner brothers yeah no he doesn't now he has his own yeah. nft store mm -hmm. you can buy all his shit for ethereum you know yeah. or whatever so yeah i think things are gonna change and um it already if, it already has changed. yeah it already has yeah. uh, what i'm thinking is just it's about the um the um you know, the reachability of those platforms to people. Right now, it's like 1% yeah. of population even knows about that. When it reaches like 30% of the world, maybe we're going to see that more clearly. Yeah, you have to understand right now what's going to end up happening that people aren't talking about is more third world countries are going to adopt this This. Uh, all of this digital Bitcoin, crypto, no, they, they uh, already NFTs, are, but they're yeah. gonna way faster than first yeah. world countries, and that's going to make first world countries into third world countries, yeah, because it's the same principle as what Napster did to the music industry. Everyone has to pay attention when you move slow and you don't pay attention to what's going on, and the rest of the world does, and it gets ahead of you with technology, yes, technology, because that's what changes the world. 
Like think about this, water filtration, mm-hmm. desalinization of water. Think about the basic fucking necessities of the world. Mm-hmm. How are these problems solved? Tech. Always tech. Mm-hmm. Yep. How do we put out fires faster? We have all these disasters, climate change, etc. It's always going to be tech. Yep. It's always going to be technology that saves the day. Yep. So when you talk about industries and you talk about cultures and you talk about economics, because that's what it is, we're saying the US of A is an economic place. It is a, when you go to Las Vegas, those are economic businesses, okay? People, they put their money into the casinos, into the buildings, into the real estate, into the into everything that's there, the shops that provide the services that you buy booze from, it's an economy, okay? Yeah. That's what we're talking about when we talk about NFTs, cryptocurrency, etc. And when we get into that, and we talk about third world countries adapting that, adopting that really quickly and going in on that, it's because they have less to lose. Right. They're like, look, our, our economy sucks right now. Mm-hmm. It's not working anyway. So let's give people access to cryptocurrency and be able to say, hey, look, it's legal. Use it, spend it, because now what you're doing is you're saying, hey, Argentina, Venezuela can now grab the money and the crypto from anywhere in the world just with an internet connection, and we can bring more money into our economy, our local economy, right? The U.S. is going to be slow to adapt it, which sucks, and it's going to turn the U.S. into a, a, a third world country. I think we've already been kind of going down that rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah. I mean, this this country has has deteriorated over time for the last 10, 20 years, mm. you know? And, like, and I'm talking about economy. Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? We're just like sitting on our dicks on Instagram all day and quitting our jobs <laughs> because we don't like, oh, I don't like my job. Fuck it. I'm going to sit at home, make beats, make my mom pay my rent. It's crazy. <laughs> so when you have countries that do want to work, they do fucking want to work. They want to make money. They will do whatever it takes. They'll get off their ass and they'll take that job. They don't want to work. And yeah. then they go, hey, we're going to pay you in cryptocurrency. Yeah, they're, they're keep innovating because the problems are still there. Yeah, you know, because no the power of broke. Yeah. When you're broke exactly. and you're desperate, that's when change yeah. happens. Yeah. And the U.S. is really good at this. And I think the record industry, and that's why I'm making this parallel, you know, mm-hmm. is that the US and the economy here is very okay because they keep us with our with our our spoils, right? We got our phones. Right. We got our you know, I'm comfortable. I can order postmates. I can get a credit card. They keep you they keep you with this bait, you know, this little hook and they like kind of yeah. pull you along like you're fine, you're comfortable, right? Yeah, see? Yeah. See, you're not getting kicked out of your house. You're on your phone right now, right? Right. You're watching the new Netflix series. See, now you can watch, you know. You can afford your $8 a month Netflix, so you're fine. Look how comfortable you are. You're eating, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and they'll never take that away from you. But imagine if they did. Imagine if the US said, no more iPhones or internet service. That's what China did. <laughs> right, but that's when people uprise. You yep. see what I'm saying? So like, I mean, that's the government when, knows that. That's when disruption happens. That's when people go like, wait, you took away my comforts. You kicked me out of my house, right? Like with the whole COVID thing and the the house rental thing uh, expiring, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people start rising up again. People start freaking out again, right? And that's really, really important to understand is that the US will never do that. They'll keep you with your spoils. They'll, they'll shoot you over the $600. They'll give you the $1,200. They'll give you the, the little breadcrumbs, you know, and keep you going. And you're like, oh, this isn't bad. I, I guess this is fine. Yeah. But they're not adopting, you know, crypto. They're not opening up shit. They're not saying like, you can now just pay with crypto. Mm-hmm. But 
some of these companies are Venmo, PayPal. They're going, hey, you can get crypto now and you can trade through Venmo. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I think like that has to happen on a local local government fashion with the U.S. Right. California has a really big um, responsibility, right? Like they can open that door. They can say, hey, we can now accept cryptocurrency at any of our federal places in like California state. You can go to a dispensary and pay with crypto to get weed. You can get, you know, you can get your medicine from CVS using crypto. Mm-hmm. You can do this using crypto. Mm-hmm. When they do that, they expand the economy. They right. don't compact it. They don't, it doesn't get screwed up that way. Right. It expands it because you're getting money from all over the world instead of from your job that you're working locally. Well, seeing the history of world, it's going to come from private <laughs> for yeah, private yeah. companies. Well, it's taxation. That's why you know. they, they don't want to, they want to, everything wants to be taxed, especially in California, yeah. right? Like we want to tax your income tax, your state income tax. We want to tax every time you spend money. We want to tax your property. We want to tax the fuck out of your businesses. Yeah. We want to tax everything. And so that's the really hard part is why it's not happening faster in the US. Right. Because we love to tax. We, we fucking love it. Anyway, let's take Do some questions. Do we have any questions? Yeah. yeah. Let's see if we got some questions here. Um, I got a, I got Instagram. You still we have got, time? Drop in the comments if you have any questions. Yeah, drop a little, drop a little Q and A, baby. About metaverse, NFTs, my NFT. workout routine. No, seriously though, will we give birth in the metaverse? Wow, that would be crazy for a little. <laughs> what? Would it be crazy? A little. Could you imagine, know. like, dude, like little babies, like NFT babies happening? Dude, it could get it could get wild. And, and if it don't help, the baby actually dies. That would be crazy. Oh come on now! And then they do like Texas law, and they're like, "You can't abort your NFT baby." Whoa, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> All right, I got some questions here. They're really funny though. Um, so this one's from at Godfrey dot effect seven. Why are eight oh eights in Beats so hot? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you want to take this one. No, you you start with that one because okay. I want to see your. Your answer, and I go on top of that because that's a more historical thing, right? Because it comes yeah, yeah. from, I mean, disco, 70s, 80s, and then comes from that, all the drum machine yep. revolution. Yeah, you can go from there. So, the interesting thing about the 808, which I don't know if a whole lot of people understand this, but the 808 machine was not like cool at all. Like nobody mm. fucking liked it when it came out. Yeah. So they like literally had these machines and they were really expensive and nobody really wanted them because it just wasn't a dope sound. Like nobody was making that kind of music, right? Interesting. And so they would like basically pawn them off and put them in pawn shops and stuff, right? Mm. They're like, we don't want these, sell them to pawn shops, <laughs> you know, Roland 808 machine, whatever, like this thing's garbage. Like it's too much sub bass and like just don't really like it. And we don't have speakers that <laughs> yeah, go yeah, yeah. that yeah. low. <laughs> so who did have speakers, they went that low you know, was like, you know, poverty stricken neighborhoods, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're like, dude, wait, I can make music with this thing that I found at a pawn shop, this 808 thing, right? And it's just like got that huge 808 boom and stuff. And so that's when hip hop adopted it really. Like Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, you'd find it in like these ghetto neighborhoods at pawn shops where they'd pick them up for dirt cheap and they start making music with 808s, right? We're making beats and stuff. Also, it came part of uh, Jamaica as well, right? With the sound systems, the huge speakers. Right, right. But that was kind of like just cultural, you know, in like the Bronx and like in New York. Right. And, uh, you know, block parties, all that stuff. So big speakers. And then you had like this drum machine and then, um, yeah, like people picked it up in hip hop and started just making like 
these crazy big beats. But it was all because those machines were nobody wanted them. That's crazy. And because like it found its way into pawn shops and they were just like being given away for the most part. Right. Right. And now if you try to get an 808 machine, like an actual 808 machine, like they're like nine grand, dude. That's crazy. Like, could you imagine? And dude, we have so many 808 samples now, right? <laughs> but, but, it's but I think it's that's different. why that's why they're hot in beats, though, is because it became a sound of hip hop. Like, yeah. And it became bombastic. Like, you know, even uh, if you go all the way back to African rhythms and drums, like mm-hmm. if you know anything about djembe's and uh, deducts and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know they have these like really low resonance, you know? Right. Boom, boom, You know, like they're mm-hmm. these really low drums. And it was just really prevalent in African rhythms. Right. So, so that's why it became so hot, man. Like 808's just fucking dope because they go so low and it's like that that thunder, you know? Yeah. Is that, they, they sound great. I, I love 808's. I just everybody think- loves 808's. I just think it's just so overused and, um, yeah. you know, people are using it the same way. There are so many ways to use 808 that people are not like, yeah, yeah you really have to, to, you have to really like explore stuff. Yeah. I mean, remember, I remember when 808 distortion became like a really dope thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, very like greedy. It was like, and it was through Fruity Loops. Like mm-hmm. people were distorting it with Fruity Loops, uh, the right. distortion plugin on there. And then, um, you know, the Clipper or whatever. Yeah, RC20s later, yeah. Yeah, but but before RC20s, then the Portamento 808 mm-hmm. happened, right? Yeah, the, the slide. You know, so, yeah. like, that became hot for a while. Mm-hmm. And now it's really short 808s. Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck, I don't know what it is anymore, to be honest. Like, yeah. I'm not just up on 808s all the time. But <laughs> now it's like that floppy, distorted... <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, just like really short 808s. Right. That's like hot in pop music. Who knows? All right, we got another question. Hopefully that was, that's why 808s yeah. are so hot in beats. <laughs> I, I don't nice. really know. I love it. Uh, when you write a track, this one's from at uh, T. Sapio. Hmm. When you write a track, do lyrics come first, last, alongside the music, all hmm. in the box? Hmm. For me, it's it, it depends. It's never the same way um there's so many times that i'm in the car driving and i have a melody idea sometimes i'm just playing guitar and i have a phrase idea that it comes all that um sometimes just have a theme in my mind okay i want to you know talk about i don't know nfts whatever (laughs) and then a whole and then i have to sit and write the lyrics about that but um i don't think it's just one way um what about you brad so like lyrics coming first here's the thing like my favorite songs that i've ever written they came to me like when i'm not in the studio Mm -hmm. so that's the first thing like it'll be a phrase like i'm on a walk or i'm I'm, yeah i'm uh working out or living (laughs) you know i'm like having a beer like hanging out and like i have some sort of phrase coming to my head and i think that's really important And, and you know who i learned that from was uh i learned that from jack johnson when i um yeah like Back in the days, like, I think I was probably like 22, you know, 20, mm-hmm. 19, something like that. Uh, Jack Johnson had released this this DVD of him, I um, forget what it's called, but it was like a DVD, like, showing his tour, right? Oh, like, wow. Yeah, and it was really cool, and, like, there was behind-the-scenes stuff, mm-hmm. and he was talking about his process, and he's like, I always, like, go surfing, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, on a wave, and I'm, like, riding a wave. And I'll come up with like the hook, 
That's crazy. It'll be like the melody and the lyrics, and like it's like a phrase. It's a thing that happens when I'm surfing, and uh, it's very rare that like I'll be in the studio like trying to write something, and it like works out and it's cool, right? And dude, I swear to God, from then on, I was just like, I never thought about it like that, but then I just started like letting things kind of come to me. Yeah. And it's always like a phrase. Yeah. It's always like you know, like 15 minutes to midnight. When I wrote that song, I was like. I was like, just 15 minutes to midnight, baby, and I'm blah. I just had that, like, that phrasing mm-hmm. in my head and the melody. And then I just started trying to, like, you know, change certain lyrics. Right. Like, because sometimes it'll come out as, like, you know, we're just 20 minutes now. We're just yeah. 18 minutes to midnight. Yeah. No, that sounds good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then you just kind of, like, you, you, find, you find the pocket of it. Right. But that's typically Love how it. it works for me. But then also, like... Uh, another part of that question was like, am I all in the box? Hmm. Um, not necessarily. Like sometimes yeah, same. I'll, yeah. Like you write songs on guitar too, right? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. All my bass lines actually. It's, bass lines are really important. Bass lines. I just get anything that has strings on it and play. So if I'm with my non guitar <laughs> close to me, I just play because I'm, you know, it's my first instrument. So it's easier for me to think same. about, you know, scales and shit. Uh, but but yeah. sometimes it just like guitar speaks differently. Yeah, like you know, because you, you can, can be slide more, band. Yeah. yeah, you can be more expressive with it. Yeah, and I think like yeah. that helps with the writing process for, for sure. sure. Yeah, like I used to only write on guitar. You oh know? wow! Yeah, like I'd play like chords and just like sing and hum and. And also, uh, it also would depend if I'm trying to um, cheat my own way of making music. You know, if I'm too caught up on my own ways. I try to get off of that. I just try something completely new. So, you know, a new instrument. Okay, I'm going to start with, you know, trumpet, you know, whatever. And then I go from there. I think probably like my most used technique for writing melodies and lyrics is going to be like sitting down on the keys and playing like a chord progression Mm-hmm. and humming a melody like and then finding the pocket of that melody right and then of course like structuring the chords around the melody right right so like like i'll i'll open up the chord you know and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put the the third on top or right. whatever right. and um and just find like that pocket where it's not, it feels really good mm-hmm. and then um you know loop it and find like a loop there and mm-hmm. once you have like a solid melodic idea that's like you know pretty structured mm-hmm. then you can start like coming up with the lyrics of what the like what the melody is making you feel right because a lot of times for me it's like gibberish at first yeah but dude like Same. music writing and lyrics and melodies you have to let that shit come in right like that's not it's what it is with like great songs and writing your own songs it's like letting your experiences and all of your influences just come to you yeah. And it just happens. And then yeah. some people will be like, oh, that sounds like this. And other people will say, this will sound like that band. You yeah. know? And um, they're all right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just all of your, everything you know and your you've done in your music. Yeah. yeah. It just all comes together. And then all of a sudden, like, some phrase comes out. And then you have, like, an idea. And then you got to tell the story behind it, which yeah. I think people forget. Yeah. That's the part that I think is the hardest part for most songwriters, mm-hmm. is tell the story. Like, stories have like height of drama they have yeah. like moments of 
of compassion. They yeah. have moments of insecurity. For sure. There's moments of questioning. There's moments of desire. There's moments not dude, like a good story is not just like I'm just badass. Yeah. That's I just did, not, did, 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 mono, mono I'm so badass. Everything about me is badass. Okay, cool. This story sucks and it's not taking me anywhere, you know? Yeah. So I think I think you have to really have I mean that's why Drake was always on top of the billboards, right? Because he always had the Drake drop where it all filtered out and he got really emotional and personal. Mm -hmm. And he told his story and he connected with an audience. Yeah. And people go, whoa. And the female audience and even the men, like all the male audience, like everybody, like they just mm -hmm. went, ah, oh, he's being vulnerable. Yeah. This is great. Even yeah. though he's saying, I'm badass, I'm badass. But then he would be like, break into that, like, you know, yeah. filtered out <laughs> section where he's like, but girl, you know, I'm, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I really love you and you broke my heart. My mama loves you too. All yeah. that shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's important. All right. Well, so sorry. we got, we got one more uh, question cool. I'll do here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, from Adam Mazne, Nev, Maznev hmm. on YouTube. Any tips for finishing songs? I always struggle to finish them. Ooh, Adam. Hmm. I mean, I'll let you start with that. I got plenty of tips for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you had a whole course on how to make songs, you know, song creation formula. Um, that's true. That's true. So the way I do it, I start asking for um, people's opinion, people that I respect opinions. So sometimes I ask Brad about the mixing. Sometimes I ask other friends um, what they think. Um, and ultimately, if I don't have anything else to say on that song, I just call just call it out you know because there's just there's just a limited amount of ideas that you can put in one song mm -hmm. so if i think i'm going too far i start comparing versions and i oh, okay it's it's going too far from the original idea i just go back and okay call it out um because you know you have infinite ways to finish a song but i think it's all about it is serving the song. Yeah. You're still serving the song. If you're st still adding stuff or taking too much, and you're seeing the song is shifting too much, I think it's you went you you went too far. You know. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. I start asking for opinions, and um, if I agree with them, if they don't have much to say other than small tweaks or mixing mm -hmm. issues, uh, I just call it out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think finishing songs. Uh, if you have an issue finishing songs, you're not there yet. Yeah. That's the best way to put it, right? Like yeah. you have to go back and you have to make a disciplined routine to finishing your songs. Okay. So mm -hmm. it has to be, it has to be like a checklist basically. Yeah. You need to treat it very basic and you need to stop thinking that you're just going to randomly write a hit song yeah. or that you're just going to, when you finally finish a song, it's going to be a really big record and everyone's yeah. going to fucking love it. Um, you have to go through the Bruce Lee method is what I call it, right? You have to practice one kick a thousand times. Mm -hmm. So the one kick that you need to practice is finishing songs, right? So the way I do it, obviously I've done a whole song creation formula, right? <laughs> like I've done seven plus hours of videos broken down on exactly my process to finish a song right. from start to end, right? And then now I have song creation challenges, right? To so, finish your song. Yeah, like I have a group, like 14 day challenge to finish a song yep. full out, right? With process and like I guide you through everything. And dude, like I don't know why there's not like 5,000 people in that, right? 
there's more like five people in those challenges that we're kind of having, right? But um, but those people are killing it. Like they're coming out with songs and they're 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 finishing songs and they're good songs. And they and get momentum as well out of it. You they know? get momentum, and that's what that's what finishing songs about. But going back, if you're having a hard time finishing songs, you need to make it into a process, which is you just have to do like a step by step thing, right? A formula, and if you can formulate your song process and get through that formula over and over and over. Don't even worry about like where those songs are ending up. Like, oh, but it didn't come out that great, you know, because I'm not very good at mixing. Okay, that's why you gotta practice that kick a thousand times. Yeah. Because if you go through the process a thousand times, you're gonna find your weakest points, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna figure out where you need to, you need to improve your process. And yep. that goes into get coaching, learn from master classes from people that know what they're doing with mixing or maybe Delegating. Delegating, hiring. Sometimes you try, try, try to do something and it's not, you're not good at it or you don't want to do it, you know. But you'll never know that until you actually get through a thousand songs, you know. Exactly. So I think like the important part for most people that have problems with finishing songs is that they're not in a process. What they are is they're trying to be inspired to sit down and make music. And when they are, they start making music. And then when they get uninspired, they stop making music and they start something new, right? That used to happen to me all the time. And it mm-hmm. still does. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm going to be 38 years old this year. I've been making music for going on 25 years. And I still have plenty of starts on my hard drives. Mm-hmm. Like hundreds of starts and just like eight bar loops, 16 mm-hmm. bar loops and hummed ideas, you mm-hmm. know, stuff I, I don't even want to finish. Yeah. Right. Like, I, why do I want to pursue that? You know? Yeah. So I think it's important to set out a process up front. Like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make a chord progression. Okay, and that's what that song creation formula is all about that I did. It shows you exactly Break my process. Yeah. Yes, step by step. And so if you want that, you can pick that up. I'm not trying to sell you guys anything right now. but yeah. um, Radium-records.com. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Adam, uh, he's asking, so is there a specific formula to finish songs? I get stuck in the cycle of tweaking EQs and just messing around with effects. Yeah, just what I said, man. Like, check out the song creation formula. That's exactly my step-by-step process, and yeah. I think it'll really help you. And then jump into the challenges. I do a challenge, like, every month. Yeah, the challenge is free. Uh, you just have to pay for the, the master class. Yeah, and, and there's a bunch of bonuses with the master class, like samples and, and stuff. And there's a community, groups that... They're cool. They're great people. You can always collab with someone it's always good i we highly recommend yeah so and and also dude like stop smoking so much weed yeah <laughs> just kidding now you or smoke more yeah or smoke more i don't know who knows uh but dude i'll tell you one of the biggest barriers to my music was getting only doing music when i was intoxicated mm. like straight up like i i when i was young and i started doing music like when i was a teenager mm-hmm. you know I would fucking get high and I would tweak EQs for hours. Oh wow. You know what I mean? Because I because I was learning, right. but also because I thought it was just so much fun to get high and like play with the EQs and right. stuff like, "Oh, that's crazy." And then like, you know, make music and, and like I felt that was progress as well. Yeah, and you feel like you're like making progress, yeah. but at the end of the day all you're doing is just like getting high and just like going into a fucking whirlwind of yeah. tweaking plugins and EQs and when you're like when you're high or you're intoxicated, you get really focused on singular things, hmm. right? Instead of being able to see the whole song and the picture and go, is this a good song? Yeah. 
no, why am I working on this, right? <laughs> or man, do I need to rewrite this? Or is that chord progression working? No, it's kind of weird. That third chord sucks, right? Yeah, yeah. So instead of like really thinking about how the song's coming together, you're like, the snare kind of sucks, man. I need to put an API EQ on it. Dude, yeah. you're so like lost. You're mm-hmm. never going to finish a song. Yep. You know? So that's that's my advice. But he says, that's true though. I hit that bong and jump on the DAW ASAP. There you go. There you go, dude. That's your that's your problem right there. <laughs> quit, quit the bong and go to the bang, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make music and, and, and finish a song before you smoke, right? Yep. And then smoke and then tweak EQs on it or mix it or do yep. whatever the fuck you want. Go yep. go screw it up later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, guys, really appreciate your questions. Appreciate you tuning in. This is live, uh, but we'll also have an edit yeah. of this podcast that we're going to release on Sunday. Okay? So look out for that. And tomorrow, we're going to be dropping a plug into the week. Plug in the week. So, meta tune. Meta tune. We're doing talking about metaverse, meta tune. The metaverse, the meta tune, the metadata. <laughs> Meditations. Meditations. Whoa. Met your mama. <laughs> yeah, so really appreciate you guys coming through though. Like it always means a lot when people come in and drop questions and, and uh, you know, like the video. Over 80% of the people watching this right now are not subscribed to the channel, which is- Unbelievable. It actually breaks my heart. That's crazy. To be honest, because it feels like, like why wouldn't you subscribe? Like, you yeah. Just, you just want to come through, grab some free shit, and that, be like, F you, Brad. That's crazy, guys. Yeah, so Don't do that. Don't do that subscribe, shit. Subscribe, guys, and uh, share it. You know, share the video, share the channel with people that need this stuff, and it could help them, yep. or just want to bullshit with us. Yep. All right? Peace, Thanks. guys.